we praise you. We ask that you help us have joy, ah, supernatural joy. Uh, Tom Jepson said it right. You can't be happy and grieve at the same time, but you can be joyful and grieve. And so, Lord, I thank you that no matter what happens, we can have the joy of the Lord. We thank you for this day. We choose to celebrate. Help us to put everything else to the side. We thank you for this part of the body of Christ, and may we give you all the praise and honor. Amen. Karen, can you put that back on my seat? I don't want to put it on the floor. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> Kitty, here we go. Two, three, four. Ta -da. Dave, I don't have her in my monitor, please. Guitar. And I need to have my voice turned up. Testing. Or guitar. Jesus, come. 
we lift your name up, we lift your name up. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up, we lift your name morning will look a little bit different because um, Tim is actually not preaching, but both of us will share what you have meant to us over the past 19 years. So um, we see some friends that have come from a distance, and so, and some in Wisconsin and some from down the road. So I just want to give you guys a chance to say hi to uh, some families and some faces that maybe you don't see every single Sunday. And then we're going to do more music because that's what I requested. Um, so, <laughs> so go ahead and greet one another, and then we'll come back and do more songs. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you pour out from your bounty and your riches in order to bless our lives, and that Tim and Judy are part of that blessing for us. And they always will be, which is an awesome thing, because only you can transcend the barriers of time and distance and all of those things. 
So, Father, I pray right now as we take our offering that we would return to you in kind uh, according to your mercy, according to your grace, according to the great kindness with which you've blessed us. May we give in order to further your kingdom. For it's only in your name and for your sake that we have the opportunity even to do these things. And so, take what we are able to give, make it bigger. That's what you do. You make things that aren't so big, bigger. You make things that aren't so good, better. We're all living testimony to that. And so take this gift, these offerings, and use them in order to carry out your mission on the earth in order to do what you did through Jesus. For we learn in Scripture that God is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And that's what we desire. And that's why we give. So take these things and use them to the honor and glory of your name. Amen. Do you feel free to stand after the offering plate has passed? Sing this with me. Stand with you. Mystery that once was hidden for ages and generations. The knowledge of eternal love that came to dwell inside of you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of things to come, Christ in you, the mystery revealed, he's living in our hearts, the hope of glory. Mystery that once was hidden for ages and generations. The knowledge of eternal love that came to dwell inside of you, for it is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of things to come. Christ in you, the mystery revealed, living in our hearts, the hope of glory. Oh, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of things 
heavens proclaiming you day after day and I know in my heart that there must be a way So have a seat. Have a seat. And Timmy, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to change things up just a little. Because I kind of want to end with worship and not um, just what Tim and I have to say. So, And plus I have the courage right now, so bear with me. You know, um, I've been leading worship for a very, very long time. And here, I still, almost every single Sunday morning... I have cold hands. My daughter can attest to that. Because I'd sit down and I'm like, Jay, you need to warm up my hands. <laughs> Just a form of nervousness, I guess. But um, So this morning, um, Tim and I wanted to just share uh, how much um, you as a body, our family, has meant to us for the past 19 years. I want to thank you for um, the outpouring of love that you gave to us last night at really touched our hearts, and so nice that some friends from out of town even came this morning. So thank you to Minix and some other um, dear friends from Bartlett. Um, when we went to Atamwa uh, many years ago, Nick, how old were you? You were just a baby. Um, when we went to Atamwa, Iowa, from another church in Iowa, we, we had to go to a place where Tim and I could find some healing because uh, we had uh, been in an unhealthy church situ- situation, and uh, we both t- uh, took a hit, very, very um, hard hit, and 
Tim just basically went to our district superintendent out in Omaha at that time, and, and we said, you know, we're done. Um, we can't, or our family is going to just fall apart if we stay here. And so they closed that church, and we went on to a, a larger alliance church in Ottumwa, Iowa, to find some healing. And we knew that we would go there for only a short time. We, would, we knew that we were called to be, Tim was called to be a senior pastor. And so um, it, it was, uh, Jay was very small, uh, well, older than Nick. John Mark wasn't even on the scene yet. And so we went there and enjoyed a time of healing and uh, I would say, restoration of our souls. It was a great church, and we enjoyed that family. And when, um, uh, when it was time to go, it was like um, excited, but at the same time, a lot of feelings that I'm actually experiencing right now, though we were on that church for only three years. And so as I explained to Naya, I don't know where she is. Where's my baby girl? There she is. I love that little girl. So when I had to tell her that Aunt Jude was leaving, it was a very difficult Wednesday evening. And uh, the Lord gave me this. And uh, so before I just share a couple more things, I just want to say we were only in a time of three years. And if you know anything about the Pofrols, we went back to Iowa to the cabin to find a little R&R at least once a year. We went, we would go in the summertime, but also we'd go in the fall for the harvest. And so I told Naya, I said, honey, listen, Aunt Jude and Pastor Tim, we've been in, in Bartlett oh, 19 years. And we were only in, in Atama for three, three and a half. So if those friendships that we've been able to sustain and have endured through all these years, when we were only in a church for th- three years, how, do you, how much more would our relationship with the church here, the friends here that, and family that we've um, managed to just cultivate throughout these years. And I, that was really helpful for me, and I hope it was reassuring for her, and I wanted to share that with you as well. Um, another tidbit, because there are some people here who are new. It just seems like whenever the pofrols were ready to move on, I was pregnant. And my husband was like, yeah, we're moving. I'm like, no. No, because when we went to our first church from New York to Somerdale, Pennsylvania, um, Jay was Jessica. I'm going to call her by her real name. Jessica was um, like three weeks. So I left that New York. Yes, Dave, I know that makes you happy that I left New York. But um, then we went to uh, Pennsylvania. And then when we went ready to go to another church in Iowa, Nick was just about four weeks. And then when we were about to ready to come here, he's like, I think it's time. I'm like, no, I'm pregnant. <laughs> no, it's not time. At least he waited till nine months. John Mark was nine months, then we came here. And then I think he just thought it was in keeping with his pattern. Um, Christmas, I was giving a puppy, and I tell people, it's like I was giving a baby without giving birth because he was only seven weeks. So now he's, what, six and a half months? So it's time for Pofros to move on yet again. And I just want to say thank you, dear, very much. <laughs> but um, those were just, just the little highlights of, the, of that. But when we came to Bartlett, it was like we... Um, we came to a church that it was like a hand in glove. It, it looks very different now than it was 19 years ago. And God allowed us to bring healing to this church that was at a very um, uh, difficult time, a very difficult time. And so there was almost a, a, like a split, and, and we just were agents of peace and restoration Amen. and, and, and um, 
yeah, that happened, so we're grateful. So when Tim said, you know, Jude, I think it's time for us to move on, I'm like going, oh, take it out of my heart, the dagger that you just threw. And I'm like, okay, I think he's, yeah, he's probably right. He's probably right. And so, you know, when we went to check out Orange City, Iowa, we went twice. The first time we went, it was just to see the community. It's a lot like Pella, Iowa. Yay, Kirsten. <laughs> um, it's very like a little Holland. It's like Holland, Michigan, if you've ever been there. So it's a very heavily Dutch settled uh, community. It's a very small town, about 7,000. And um, the church, the Alliance Church there has been established there since 1944. And I think throughout all those years, they've only had three pastors. So as you know us, we're in for longevity. And uh, our, we shared with John Rich, our district superintendent, and he goes, Tim, you're in your prime. You're in your prime. And, and so when we went there, it just felt really natural. And they really like us. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. So then we went back to Candidate. And there was really, uh, when the church had that vote, there was only one person that said, I don't think they're the right people. So out of the whole congregation, there was only one unit or one person. I don't, it doesn't matter. But um, so it's like when we came here, we fit like a hand in glove. And so now that we're moving on, it feels like we're still, we're, 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 we're putting on a new glove. And um, we will always remember you guys and know that, um, yeah, anyway. Um, I can't even begin to look throughout the congregation and say how much you all have meant to me because I would evidently leave somebody out, and I don't want to do that. But I thought, okay, so how am I, what am I, you know, closing words, you know, Jars of Clay have that, has that song, Famous Last Words, you know. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, um, closing words. Not um, Tim did a fond farewell about a month ago. So I, I thought, well, God's word is enduring, and I wanted to share that with you. When my parents um, got married in Brussels, Belgium, they were headed over to Congo, and uh, my dad's roommate gave him this devotional called Daily Light on the Daily Path. And um, when my grandma Jessie, yes, my grandma Jessica, she passed away, I was given her Bible, and I was given this, and I opened it up, and here my mom and dad had given that to my mom, my grandma, sorry, in 1962. And so my parents, uh, it was a treasure. A daily light on the daily path is just a, it's a reading of, of scripture, morning and evening, uh, weaves a theme uh, through the reading of scripture for that day. And so uh, if you were to open this up, you'd see tear stains and uh, a lot of memories there. Then um, my mom, many of you know, I just moved my mom from Florida to Boston to be closer to my sister. And I have been begging my mother, Mom, please, just give it to me. Because mine fell apart. My, my daily light on the daily path fell apart. It's in pages. I didn't even bring it to show it to you. It's in a plastic bag. So um, uh, my mom has macular degeneration. She can't read any longer. The print is too small for her. So she's like, reluctantly very reluctantly, my mother gave me this just last month. And so I'm actually reading from what uh, my mom used, my mom and dad used uh, together. They would uh, read every day together, and when I would go with them, we would read together. Um, and now I read with my mom, because my dad's in heaven. And so as I'm, ah, there's two things 
and I'll leave you with this. Um, Gina, please don't be upset with me. <laughs> um, this past, I don't remember which slide I put first. There's two readings uh, that I want to share with you because, um, yeah, can you just put up the slide? Let me see which one. Okay, yeah, that's the right one I have. Amen. Okay. Amen. So, you know, Gina is loved by everybody in this church, and we went to her father's memorial service, which was a celebration last week. And um, Tuesday, this was Tuesday's reading for that day, and I just thought of her. And then I thought of all the people in this church who have experienced a loss, like myself. You know, after 19 years, you know, a grieving comes and a loss comes when there's a significant change, whether it's a change in a relationship, a loss of a loved one, or a, a move. And so uh, this, I'm going to read this. It's going to be up there for you. And, um, excuse me. And I thought, what more um, can I say uh, than to leave you with scripture? So um, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, for there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace from his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. No one living in Zion will say, I am ill. And all the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. The sound of weeping and crying will be no more. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Where, O oh death, are your plagues? Where, O oh death, is your destruction? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Then the true saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory, for what is unseen is eternal. Amen. And that, that scripture from the daily light on the daily path is just woven um, through the, the reading. And so I found great comfort in that, and I shared that with Gina. I wanted her, another part of it is, it's like uh, when Jesus says, Father, I want those who you gave me to be with me for where, where I am. And it's like, Gina, your dad is with Jesus right now. How awesome is that? Just like my dad. So I, I love that. And then um, one more. Uh, and this is fitting, too, because Samuel, it's, if you were to go to First uh, Samuel um, chapter 12, it is Samuel's farewell. And I thought, well, that's kind of fitting. It just kind of clicked with me. So I want to share a selected reading uh, with you from that. And it's the new one. Yeah. So... ABC. This is what I wrote in my journal. Do not be afraid. Samuel replied, you have done, oh, do not turn away. I'm sorry. Do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they re uh, rescue you because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yeah, I think that was it. 
I have a little bit more, but that's more personal notes, so I won't share that with you. But I thought, you know what? I wanted to encourage your hearts not not to be afraid. Um, I wanted to encourage your hearts to say, hey, the Lord was pleased to make you his own. In, In Isaiah 46, it says, I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. And I love that God has uh, all of our days written before even one of them comes to be. And I just um, want to say that, you know, we Tim and I are leaving, but we're leaving the biggest part of us behind. We're leaving our kids. So, new church, I've done that. New community, I've done that. Leaving my kids, I've not done that. <laughs> and um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I've worked through it. And um, I'm grateful that they can be here with you. And so our kids are a true reflection of who Tim and I are. And I just want to say I love you guys very much. So I made it. Yay. <laughs> um, did you want to share, Matt? No. Okay. Yeah, okay. You guys need to stand after that. <laughs> Go ahead and stand. Please. And remember, we have more songs today. And you better sing with me because I don't know if I can make it through. (laughs) When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That'll bless your heart Well, I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have desired. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless world. No one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath. Well, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in it. Is not what you have required. For you search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. 
Well 
here this morning to play Days of Elijah like last night, but Donna had a seizure last night, or this morning. So she is home, recovering. We'll have to go see a neurologist tomorrow. Um, so he was really sad that he wasn't able to be here this morning. So pray for Donna. She's home, resting, and further tests will come. So keep the work family in your prayers, and Johnny and Janet came today. So thank you guys. Johnny said I'm his mom. Makes me so happy. So, love you guys so much.
I kind of think you might have to stand up for this one because it's one of those shouting, stomping songs, you know. It's kind of hard to shout and stomp from your seat. <laughs> Behold, he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call Let your voice It's the year of jubilee Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. 
there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Yeah. He holy comes. He's riding on the clouds. He's shining like the sun. At the trumpet call and your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. And out of silence till salvation comes. Behold, he comes. He's riding on the clouds. He's shining like the sun. At the trumpet call. Debbie, I will miss never having to tell you what my sermon was about. <clears throat> that you would just pray ahead of time and the Holy Spirit would tell you what songs to play. So God bless you for that, being faithful. And I don't know what I'm going to do with only half a brain because Pastor Don has the other half of mine. So, By the way, I don't know if this was here ahead of time or last night, but is anybody missing some glasses? Anybody want some glasses? So I woke up this morning and realized it was my last time to preach here, and I thought I'd better come up with something. (laughs) Acknowledgement to you. Judy mentioned uh, this has been our family for a long time. And we have marked each other. There are things that we've learned together. 
during one of the last songs, this pops in my mind, messes with my mind like, man, I wish I would have come up with something clever to print out, to give away to everybody, remember us. And then I thought, if we haven't marked you in some way to remember us, if your Bible is not marked in some way when you come across it and you go, I remember, then there isn't anything worth remembering. But I trust that by God's grace, we've marked you like you've marked us. There are some things that we've learned together, like Jesus' words, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in me, if you abide in me, you will bear much spiritual fruit to change the kingdom of God, and that fruit will last. I hope, I trust that one of the things we've learned together is to walk the Christian life in victory requires a walk of absolute dependence upon him and not upon ourselves. This would be okay, it's my last shot, so come on, step up to the plate and give me some amens today. All right? Good grief. Men. <laughs> I hope that in that absolute dependence that what you will remember that has marked you is something that right now Chris and Scott Nowakowski get to have evidenced in their lives, in their home. When you hold a little child in your arms, that child is absolutely dependent upon the care of their parents to survive. And that is the posture that God wants us to always, always, always be under. The moment that I act mm, adolescent-like, I got this handle, the moment is when I'm in trouble, right? Amen. One of the things that we've learned together is to live the Christian faith as we are called to live it according to the Scriptures is impossible. But it is possible. It is impossible to do in our own strength. But it is possible by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within every believer to live the Christian life because it is Christ who gives us strength. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. One of the things we have learned is that many hands Most of anything that we have put our hands to in these years 
that God has done through us would not have been possible if everybody didn't step up to make it happen. One of the things that we've learned together is there's poop in the brownies. Oh no, sorry, that was from you. One of the things that we learn together is to make it through the Christian life, you need to be willing to allow this to happen to you and for you to do with other people, and that is to lock shields together. There are times when you'll be in this Christian walk and you're going to be getting pummeled. And at best, in the moment of being pummeled, you will at least be able to hunker down behind the shield of faith. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory and brings other brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside us in those times when I can't even move, to lock shields with me and help me not just run back and hide, but rather to advance because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. One of the things that we've learned together is you do not become the person that Christ wants you to be by trying to conform the outside to look right, to talk right, to try to do it right on the outside and by doing those right behaviors that that somehow is going to change you because we are transformed from the inside out. One of the things that we've learned together is that as we walk as a Christ-centered family, being in fellowship with one another, and as this morning we join together in a whole hearted worship, not just singing songs, but worshiping in spirit and in truth, that we will change our world. It will happen by winning people to faith in Christ and for every person who comes to faith in Christ that they would be built up in the word of Christ and discipled and that people would be equipped to learn and understand what their passions and gifts and talents are and to be used by God to transform their world, whether it's across the street, in their own home, their family, or around the world. Amen? Things that I hope we've learned together. that you would know who you are in Christ. That when the lies of the enemy rise up and tell you whatever it is that they tell you, that you would have the tools and abilities to turn to Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 and turn those personal pronouns with your name and remind yourself and remind the enemy who you are. And from that position of who you are, 
I hope that you've learned that if you are to walk a worthy walk, you must be a person of the word. Not just hearers of it, but doers. If I don't know this word, there's all sorts of messages that, true to the enemy's form, to just twist it a little bit, and that sounds pretty good, and before you know it, you have the gospel according to you. But to be able to measure up to God's word, what does he say? And if I disagree, I'm wrong. One of the things I hope that we've learned together is stewardship. On every level. That God has given to you, if you are a child of God, he has given you talents and abilities and spiritual gifts. He has created you specifically for a purpose. He's given you time. He's given you resources for the purpose of bringing glory to him and building the kingdom of God. And that happens when you are part of a body and you give yourself away to other people. That is walking in stewardship. I hope that one of the things that we've learned together is you are this church's most valuable resource. As Nick said last night, as my son Nick said last night, a church is not about the pastor. A church is not about a building or a location. The church is the people of God indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit who come and gather together for a purpose and a calling to make a difference in their world. You're the church. I hope something that we've learned together is that the health of a church is not marked or measured by its size. The health of a church is measured by how many people come to faith through it and how many of those people are equipped and sent out. I believe one reflection of the health of our church is how many of you were engaged week after week going out into a public school and doing crossroads. And how many of you here made that possible by giving your resources and praying? And how many of you made it possible to do events like Fridays? (laughs) 
Do you open up your Bibles, please, to the book of Mark? Don't worry, it's not the unpardonable sin, Dave. But I knew, do need somebody to find Mark chapter 4. Make that chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And I need you to stand up and with some drama, I need you to read God's word. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. There we go. Thank you. Nearly 20 years ago, in a summer weekend, my family came to this church. I'm standing here because this is just one half of the size of the platform, the church at that time. And I preached that passage. So I figure if I came in with it, I can go out with it. Everyone in the room has been, or maybe even is right now, because of life circumstances, paralyzed. Paralyzed. To be paralyzed simply means to be unable to function normally. Look it up in Webster's. Unable to function normally. We don't know what caused this guy's paralysis. Could have been a whole host of things. We're not told what caused it. The result is, very likely, he was a quadriplegic, totally paralyzed from the neck down because he's laying on a mat. There's no health care system. If he has family, all they're doing to help him, quote-unquote, is to carry him to a place where people will pass by regularly and give him something to sustain himself, so that it's some money, some food, but they, he can't even clean up himself. 
was paralyzed. But this guy had four friends. Four friends who, in the midst of his paralysis, cared enough about him, didn't ignore it, didn't pretend it was okay, didn't, you know, oh, they're going through it, and, and I don't, they're too busy, I don't want to bother them, blah, blah, blah. They heard Jesus was nearby. And they had heard or seen Jesus could make a difference in this paralyzed person's life. So they went to their friend. Do you have friends like this? Do you have friends who you have let in enough in your life that when you are paralyzed, they know it? You're not showing up, oh, I'm fine. It's all good. And you're dying inside. You're just lying. Do they know you well enough to know when you're even trying to lie? And they call you out on it. And they love you enough to carry you to Jesus. They don't even really know how or what's all going to go down. They just know, I got to get you to Jesus. And willing to overcome all sorts of obstacles. I mean, think about it. In this story, they bring this guy. He really doesn't have anything to say about him. I mean, what's he going to do? He's got to go along for the ride. They carry him to the house. It's so packed because of Jesus' popularity at this time that they can't even get in the house. But that's not going to stop them. They find creative ways. They go up onto the roof of this house. We know in this area of the world at that time in history there are these flat roofs with these tiles and they hack a hole through it they don't care what people think it's not going to go unnoticed remember the place is packed do you have friends like that friends who care about you enough that they don't care what other people think when they're going to come alongside you are you a friend like that to someone Not embarrassed, willing to get your hands dirty, give of your time, give of yourself to come alongside somebody who's paralyzed or humble enough to allow somebody to come alongside of you. Because when you're paralyzed, when I'm paralyzed, I find it pretty hard to get to Jesus. I just want to curl up on my mat. But this guy had four friends who were creative and they were not going to be put off by the obstacles and they hack a hole and they lower them down and everybody sees it and everybody knows it. And Jesus does two miracles. The greatest miracle, number one, that any of us can experience or will ever experience, the forgiveness of sins. greatest need that he had, the forgiveness of sins. And then to prove that he had the authority to forgive sins, he healed them. When I'm paralyzed, when you're paralyzed, and the enemy's beating the snot out of you, maybe you're beating the snot out of yourself, maybe you've got some great well-wishers like Job. What's your problem anyways? 
one of the things I need to hear is I need to hear the truth about me. And Jesus looks at me and says, Daughter, son, your sins are forgiven. I get up. They didn't get up on their own strength, did he? Touched his life. Put him back on his feet. And everybody saw that it was God. How you doing? You know what? I'm going through a lot of crap right now in my life. But God forgives me and has raised me up and by his grace and his strength I will continue on. You know why? I got four friends. When we came to Candidate nearly 20 years ago this summer so that's the church and as we leave That's the church. You're the church. You're the four friends. But you're going to have to push through a whole lot of cultural crap. You're going to have to change your life, create some space in your too busy time. Too busy. You know what? In Orange City, they think they're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. We went downtown in Orange City on the weekend. There was nobody there. They're all too busy. But for them, they're busy. I don't think it's the same as this busy. Why are we so busy? We don't have enough space to allow God to work in our lives and to use us in other people's lives. You're too busy. And there's some stuff in our lives that I need to learn to say no to because there are other things, more important things, like the person sitting next to you and behind you and in front of you that you need to make time for. Amen? Amen. Just stand with me, let's pray. Love you. Deb, from where you are, could you start us out in Christ in you again? Christ in me. John, I don't know if you can pull that up quick. The words for people, Christ in you. Good luck. You can grab the guitar if you want. Yeah. I think this has got to be our benediction because you've got to know who you are in Christ. God bless these people, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for what they mean to us and our family and the impact they have made on our lives. I ask your greatest and richest blessings to be upon each one of them. Encourage them in their faith. And may they grow in their love for you and for one another, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Fall on sons and daughters, so come. 